Hi, my name is Tanya Jennison and welcome to the Natural Being Podcast. I'm the founder of Botanicus Australia, a small independently owned business that creates and develops organic herb-based products to support and optimize our health. With over 12 years of working in the health and fitness space as a personal trainer and still to this day a group fitness instructor, I'm working towards becoming a naturopath, currently in my third year of studies at Endeavour College of Natural Health. I also hold a diploma in health science focusing on sports nutrition. My podcast is about everything health and well-being, natural health, herbal therapeutics, exercise, nutrition and lifestyle. I also have some really cool conversations with some role models within this space, people that practice what they preach, forging some paths and not afraid to tell it how it is. So sit back, relax and enjoy the conversation. Hi everyone, welcome to the Natural Being Podcast. This is your host, Tanya Jennison. And I just want to say thank you for tuning in today. It's going to be a short one, though they're just there to educate and inspire. And hopefully some of the information resonates with you about certain products and topics that we talk about. So this week, we're just going to have a short delve into the world of adrenal fatigue. So myself is studying naturopath. I'm about three years into my degree, though I have some stories to tell when it comes to adrenal fatigue. I myself suffered from this probably about maybe close to maybe eight to 10 years ago, though I wasn't really aware of what adrenal fatigue was and I didn't really know what was happening with myself. So back then I was working as a personal trainer and a group fitness instructor I was teaching an array of different sorts of classes, so everything from grit to hit to cycle, and there's a lot of early mornings and a lot of long days. So I would find myself struggling, really struggling to get out of bed in the morning after a while. It took a long while for this to catch up on me, which adrenal fatigue does. I mean, the body is an amazing thing and it just keeps going. I just don't know how sometimes we get away with doing what we do to it, but it's pretty robust. Though one day I just I couldn't get out of bed. I was struggling and I thought, oh, I might be just having a bad day or maybe I didn't eat enough the day before or get enough rest or sleep well, though each day it kept on happening. From that point on, I started to lose motivation. I lost motivation for things that mattered. So what I did for work mattered to me and I started to lose motivation for going in and teaching people how to become fitter, inspiring and being the role model I was in that space. After that, I was fatigued. I couldn't get my eyes open through the day. Those three o'clock crashes were a lot harder and a lot faster and a lot longer. And I didn't really know what was going on. Not long after that, I was diagnosed with a heart condition, which could have contributed to or I suppose the conditions that I was going through could have exacerbated it and brought it on. And so my heart condition that I have is SVT, which is supraventricular tachycardia for all you nurses and 
practitioners out there, you would know exactly what that is. And this came on when I was 30. So I was diagnosed with it when I was 30. I was at the gym one day and I was doing a regular workout with regular weights, wasn't exerting myself. And then I went to do a lap pull down, I remember. And then my heart rate shot up. It was beating so fast. I got that sharp pain right down the left of my arm. And I literally thought I was having a heart attack. I ran up to reception and I said, I think I'm having a heart attack. Everyone sort of freaked out and it just happened really fast. The ambulance came, hooked me up, and my heart rate was up about 250 beats a minute. Now, it didn't come down. I got into hospital. It happened so quickly. They told me exactly what was happening, and then they gave me an injection of adenosine. And what that does is it reset my heart. So I went practically from 250 beats a minute down to 60 in a blink of an eye. After that, I was exhausted. I was confused. I didn't know what was happening. When I started to relax a little bit more after the episode, the doctors came in and explained exactly what was happening and what I had just, I suppose, undergone. Does that happen to me anymore? No, which is great. I had it happen for about a year later. Every three months I was put into hospital and then we'd go through the same roundabout of me having adenosine and then resetting my heart and then happening again. So my options were to either have surgery, which was an ablation, or go on medication for the rest of my life. So myself being a, a naturopath or naturopath now, back then natural health has always been very important to me and what I put into my body. So definitely myself, those medication was out. So I started to delve into the operation of the ablation. And this is where they ablate out or burn out the extra pathways in your heart. So with the electrical system in the heart, we know it does follow a path. And if you can just imagine simply this path has little laneways, if you can call it, which shouldn't be there, but I have them. And under the right conditions, my electrical current will find itself down this laneway where it shouldn't be. Nothing ever good comes down a laneway and then it gets gets stuck. It just does these loops and it just gets stuck there. And that's where your heart rate spikes. So that's where I found myself episode after episode. So I decided to have the ablation. It was probably about 80% successful. They still have little laneways still there in my heart. And every now and then I do feel a little bit of a flutter or I might have to gasp for breath, but nothing how it was. A few years later, we found out that it was genetic. My sister now has it. She decided to have the ablation. And lucky for her, when she went to get tested for the ablation, she found at the same time she had lung cancer. They picked it up only by doing a chest x-ray. So she was very lucky because she had no other signs and symptoms. She's fine. She's all recovered. She's in remission and they successfully took out all of the cancer from her bronchioles. That would have been, yeah, maybe close to eight, 10 years ago as well. So it was a bit of a weird time for both of us. So somewhere in my genetic line, there is this going on. Now, in saying that, I wanted to actually just 
fix it myself. Obviously, being in the health space, I decided not to go down the road of having medication after that. And that's when I started going to uni and delving in deeper into the science of the body and the science of how I can heal myself naturally. And this is where my journey has taken me to being almost qualified naturopath now. But coming back to that roundabout of adrenal fatigue, that's where it all sort of started. And I just didn't know what to do. I I started reading. I started changing my diet up. I mean, I ate really well. I was having lots of natural foods, lots of proteins, lots of water, keeping hydrated, lots of electrolytes, but nothing was helping me. The only thing that helped me was actually when I stopped. When I stopped and I had this ablation and I had to rest is when I started to recover. And that's what we're going to talk about today. It's the recovery, it's the signs, it's what to look for when and maybe if you are experiencing adrenal fatigue. So let's have a chat about the signs and symptoms of adrenal fatigue. All right, so what are we looking for with adrenal fatigue? And this is where I come in. This is where I love educating and and hopefully the words I say, if unfortunately you are experiencing fatigue or adrenal fatigue, you can actually pick this up and go, yeah, this sounds like me. I might need to do something about it before it gets too far gone. I mean, we can always come back for it, from it, but I think being aware, being aware of our body and what it's trying to tell us is the most important thing. So with adrenal fatigue, I mean, like I said, it can come on quite slowly and it also can come on, especially after maybe some really big life events that might actually take you to that point. So it could be anything from a death in the family to severe emotional trauma. It could be a really big crisis at work or with the family, um, financial status. You might have had a really big move internationally or interstate, being overwhelmed with work and life. It could be due to drug or alcohol abuse or just working too hard, just not stopping. And I think that's the problem in today's society is that we just don't stop or we think it's bad to stop and we think we must keep going. You know, working hard is like a notch in the belt and it shows that our work ethic, but it's all about balance. And I believe in balance hundred percent. So, and I always say this to my classes, every time I'm teaching, we need to look out after ourselves first before we can look after others. And that's about listening to yourself and spending time to, with that self-care and promotion. So all this stress adds up in the body. So let's have a chat about the signs to look for with when it comes to adrenal fatigue. So as I mentioned before, it's fatigue. You're really tired. You might be finding it hard to get out of bed in the morning. You might be finding your eyes are closing through the day. You're just tired. You just need a nap all the time. Things that you used to do very easily are becoming a chore. Second thing is that you lose it. Uh, I'm talking about you just snap like really fast. 
things that were okay before will just frustrate the hell out of you and you will just lose your shit straight away. So snapping at your partner, snapping at the kids, losing it at people at work, just things that would never really bother you all of a sudden bother you. You might find a loss of appetite, finding it you're not really hungry. You might just be unstable with your moods, mood changes that come up, up and down. You're not really finding that you're stable in your choices or decision-making. There also is another couple of big things that I'd like to point out. It's like an increase, sorry, not an increase, it's more of a decrease and a low libido. So most of us that are, are, have a healthy sexual life might be finding that we don't feel like it or we don't even want it. And that's probably a big one as well when adrenal fatigue sets in. Loss of memory, so just little simple things. You might find yourself struggling to remember that person's name or where did I put my car keys where you always put them in the same spot. Just little things like that that you start to go, okay, something's not quite right here. And let's have a chat about why this happens. So I'm going to get a little bit technical and we're going to look at the HPA axis in the, in the body. So this is a part of our brain that recognizes stress and the part of our brain that recognizes is the hypothalamus. So when you're stressed out in the body, the hypothalamus signals to your pituitary gland and when this happens, they just then both signal to the adrenal glands to produce and release hormones. And this allows us to deal with the stress. So this process is known as your HPA axis. So when you're chronically stressed and the stress is ongoing, the problem is this HPA axis in our bodies is continually engaged. So there's no off, no off switch for this. And that results in your adrenal glands never getting a rest. So this is where adrenal fatigue sets in. So if you can imagine this cortisol being pumped out 24-7 and you're not having that rest in between, this is where you'll find yourself with adrenal fatigue. What can we do about it? A lot. There. Is as a naturopath, I mean, we have to look at all factors, right? So it's everything from lifestyle to nutrition to your work to your housing situation to finances to psychology. It's a 360-degree approach. So let's give you some little nuggets that you can take away and what can help you if you feel like you are on the cusp of getting adrenal fatigue and how you can actually in intercept and do something about it. So a few things I would suggest, first of all, is to slow down. (laughs) I know this is a lot easier said than done, but it's about having a look at things in your life that are contributing to your health, things that you value and are important to you. And I know a lot of us have a lot of important things. We run businesses, we're mums and dads, we're a manager at work, you know, you might be working a second job. So we, we have a lot of responsibilities, but it's about having a look at those responsibilities and going, is that something that is worth my time? Is it adding value or decreasing value for me? Is it a healthy choice for myself? What does it bring into myself and to my family? 
If we start to pick apart what's going on in our life, it's going to make it a lot easier for us to just spend the time on things that matter to us and that will decrease a level of stress. Meditation is another amazing tool. A yoga practice is another amazing tool you can use. Myself, I don't have a lot of time. Myself, I don't have children, though I do run a business. I do work full-time assistant managing an organic store and I am working towards finishing my degree as a naturopath doing four subjects a semester. So I do have a lot on my plate. Most of my time that I spend in meditation or yoga is first thing in the morning and that's only 10 minutes. So whilst I'm get up, I have my little routine. I'll get up, I'll put the kettle on. I pour myself a big giant glass of warm water and then I add some lemon into it. I also then have one of my tea tonics, which I'll speak to you about a bit later on. And whilst I'm doing that, I'll do my 10 minutes of yoga and meditation. And what this allows me to do is ground myself for the day. So sometimes you might have a sleep where you feel unsettled, you feel a bit groggy, you might wake up with just strange things in your head from the night before, from the day before, from what's happening today. This allows me to be present, to breathe and just ground myself in myself. It allows me to just then go through my positive affirmations and in that 10 minutes I'm a changed person. It allows me to walk out into the world a stronger person and it allows me to have clarity of mind and it allows me to let go of things that don't matter. So I highly recommend doing some of that in the mornings if you have the time. But everybody has time. We all have 24 hours and it's just how we use it. Alongside meditation is exercise. So movement is magic, I call it. It is nature's medicine and natural endorphins kick in, we're happier, we make better decisions off the back of exercise, we're more focused. We usually make better decisions when it comes to eating. There's so many great things about exercise. And if that movement for you is something strenuous as far as doing maybe a lesbian sprint class for 30 minutes or going for a leisurely walk, it's movement. It's all movement and it's all going to help us. It's going to get the blood flow going, pump fresh oxygen through the veins. It's amazing. I have been exercising since I was a kid. (laughs) I've been a group fitness instructor, a group fitness instructor, I should say, for the last 12 years and I absolutely love it. My first memories I can remember of being in group fitness, in group fitness, was my mum. It's an old school, like, leotard days and she would take myself and my sister to the local gym because she couldn't get a babysitter and back then we could actually sit in the back of the class and watch and I used to just sit there and watch my mum do these exercise classes like old school aerobics and the group fitness instructor at the front and I used to just look at her in awe and go that is cool I want to do that and I do do that now not the aerobics but group fitness and no not wearing the leotard either. (laughs) I don't think they've actually made a comeback yet. So movement is magic, people. The next thing I'd like to talk about is obviously nutrition. So we should be drinking a lot of water, up to two to three litres a day. 
And our bodies are majorly made up of water. So this is naturally going to help us with our cellular regulation. It's going to help us with our energy levels. It's going to help us to flush things out of our body. It's going to help our kidneys and our liver flush out the toxins. Unfortunately, we get a lot of stagnant energy in the body and we get a lot of stagnant toxins that build up in our liver. And our liver is the workhorse. It's the one that everything we put into our mouth goes through that liver. It will get excreted out and it's always working overtime to undo the damage that we do to it. So I'd suggest highly drinking a lot of water. And another thing I'd like to introduce you to are called adaptogens, and this is where my herbal medicine knowledge comes in, adaptogenic herbs. Adaptogenic herbs are something I've been using for quite a few years now. I love them. I love them, love them, love them. I think they are amazing and they are readily available. Adaptogens work by increasing and decreasing the adaptation energy within our bodies. So this allows our bodies to regulate stress. The stress is still there, but it will help us cope with it a lot better. Now, this is the amazing things about it. They just regulate that internal cellular environment and they just help us to produce a more balanced response to this stress. And it helps us perform better and it helps us increase our focus, our mental clarity, and it assists with resilience. So I think they're pretty cool. They're my favorite herbs. And myself, I do have a blend that I've made, which is called Adapt and Strengthen. And it's a blend of four herbs, which are my favorite adaptogenics, which are Shisandra berry, ashkawanda, astragalus, and then also the most loved ginseng. Now, you can have these by themselves or you can get a registered practitioner as a naturopath to make you up a blend of adaptogens. But if you want to start off with something a little bit easier, my tea is available on www.botanicusaustralia.com.au and you can pick yourself up a bottle there of my herbal blend. Now I've blended this and formulated it so it's got the exact ratio of each herb in there and it's quite zesty and tangy. I would suggest having these once or twice through the day but more so between the hours of rising till about two o'clock in the afternoon and then it, it will allow us to get through and help us cope with that stress through that time of the day now i know it's a big miss big mix and it's a big ask but these are important things to know about guys i mean a lot of us don't know we just think it's we think you know these things are normal and then they're not until we feel better, we don't really know. So I'm allowing you the option to feel better. I'm giving you the tools and now it's up to you. I mean, I don't think it's normal to be resisting and increase effort to do everyday tasks or dragging ourselves into work or having a decreased sex drive and not wanting to have that time with our partners or losing it every single time you see somebody, you know, maybe feeling a little bit dizzy. These are all things that are not normal. So if you'd like to know more about adaptogens, about adrenal fatigue, please feel free to email me or DM me. You can find me at tanya.jennison.naturopath on Instagram 
or you can find me at Botanicus Australia on Instagram. You'll find DM portal there or you can also get in touch via email. Remember, it's all about becoming a healthy, happy human here. So guys, thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Like I said, it's just a short little intro into adrenal fatigue, what it is, the signs and symptoms, how we can manage it. And hopefully I've given you some nuggets of information you can take away. Till next time, guys, stay healthy and I will catch you on the next episode. Bye for now.